This morning, there are several ideas I would like for us to spend a little time considering. Four of them, to be precise, and they all start with a C. uh, Creativity, community, covenant groups, and commitment. When people speak about their own creativity, most of the time we're going to hear them say that they don't think they're very creative. For some reason, it's a lot easier for us to give credit to other people for being creative than it is to take a position of being confident in our own. Um, So the key question, according to Abraham Maslow, the psychologist, is uh, not really what fosters creativity, but why in God's name isn't everybody creative? Where was the human potential lost? How was it crippled? These are quotes from Maslow. I think, therefore, a good question might be not why do people create, but why do people not create or innovate? We've got to abandon the sense of amazement in the face of creativity as if it were a miracle if anybody created anything. Half the world thinks being creative is some big mysterious event that only happens to poets, painters, musicians, and writers. Um, But it's every bit as much a part of being a parent, a teacher, a cook, a yard crew, an attorney, a clerk, Whatever walk of life you're in, there are aspects that are absolutely creative. We can't navigate through life without engaging the creative process. Anytime we try a new approach to something, we're being creative. Whether we're problem solving or taking a walk on a different side of the street. Unitarian Universalist history is full of what Martin Luther King Jr. called the creatively maladjusted. And he said that human salvation lies in the hands of the creatively maladjusted. Now, maladjusted absolutely can certainly be a reference of significant pathology. But in this instance, it simply means disturbed or alien, uncomfortable with the status quo. Not an easy fit with convention. Or those who see and do things in ways others do not or have not. Unitarians, T.T. Barnum. Frank Lloyd Wright, Rod Serling, Charles Dickens, Emerson, Thoreau, Melville Fuller, Eliot, Hawthorne, Alcott, Plath, and a myriad of social reformers. Those are just a few of the artists and writers. I mean, the, the social reform list is, you know, they're, they're very, 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 very long. The point being, they thought differently than other people, and because of that, they were effective in creating something that was useful for the world around them. 
So how have we come to be so tame? Compared to the reputation fostered in the last century and a half, we've become quite pedestrian. Now, I'm not saying that we need to be contrary just for the sake of being contrary. Nor am I at all suggesting that we develop a greater sense of us and them. I'm sorry I keep doing that. I moved it closer today. Um, I'm merely calling into question our habits of mind, our habits of mind, and suggesting that we need to once again exercise our creative skills, both as individuals and I as a community. I could while away the hours, confirmed with the flowers. Be spontaneous. <laughs> The muse is alive. (laughs) Over the last few weeks, when I spoke about sustaining our renewed enthusiasm and about refueling the passion we may have had in years past as individuals about one thing or another, um, the response for many people was that we're older now. Um, We don't have the same energy we did just a few years before now or uh, as much time as we did before we had so many obligations. Okay, we're older, we have more obligations, but none of those things should interfere with our creativity. It doesn't take a lot of energy to be creative. As a matter of fact, being creative generates energy. Just like there are freedoms and responsibilities that come with being grown up, there are limits that come with growing older. But creativity is not one of them. We're not here because we're we're not here as a church because we're like any other church in town or even in the region. We're here for a hundred different reasons, but all of them have something to do with the fact that we weren't exactly comfortable or in alignment with all those other churches that are around us. Does it seem, though, that the colorful expression of those differences is becoming a little subdued. I can't answer that. You have to answer it for yourself. I imagine we could all benefit from an infusion of creative energy. Uh, Some time spent in participation with the divine creative source. Well, if that's something we want or something we would like, the only way to guarantee that we will have it is to make a commitment to the disciplines that foster it. 
If you want to be a writer, you have to write. If you want to be a painter, you have to paint. If you want to develop as a spiritual creative, you have to engage in spiritual disciplines. If we want to speak or cook or sew or play guitar or solve problems or create peace, compassion, and love, create peace, compassion, and love, we commit to that. What do you want to create? What do we want to create? By encouraging each other to exercise our creativity and develop our creative skills, we could effectively begin to grow an even more creative community, something that Shreveport needs in order to attract talent in almost every field that will make the city prosper and grow and make this a more metropolitan community is creatives that are exercising that creativity and a place that they're welcome and not judged for being creatives. We have that to offer. And we have it to offer in levels that I don't think any other institution in town can do for the variety of people that it might uh, address. By breaking our habits of thought, daring to tolerate the unknown sometimes and the discomfort of change, by challenging our own assumptions, we invite fresh air, new awareness, greater understanding, and life more abundant into this spiritual sanctuary of ours and into the rafters of our own individual spirits. When we imagine what we would like to see the church be, if if just for a second we pretend that we could snap our fingers and turn this place into anything we would truly want it to be, what would it look like? Would it look like people working in every room, solving the crises of the world and producing great works of art and literature and teaching children to do the same or helping children learn to do the same? Would it be a world center for peace? Would it be the most green and most environmentally responsible acre or so? I don't know how many acres this is. on the planet? Would it be a Mecca for the most earnest of spiritual seekers? Maybe a model society for dispassionate reason or living in complete harmony? 
Maybe just a place that we could consistently find a sense of optimum connectedness as soon as we walked in the door. Because our church includes people with such varied views, not only of what we want to see, but also what we need in order to feed our own spiritual well-being and creativity, we form covenant groups. Now, covenant groups, uh, well, the larger a church is, the more necessary small groups become because that's the only way that people can connect on a deeper level regularly with each other, that is. Still, most of us want to connect with others on some level that's more than superficial. So to facilitate that possibility, we have smaller subgroups. Initially, when we started to make covenant groups, people were invited to make suggestions of things that they found spiritually nurturing or fulfilling or inspiring or just elevating to their, to their sense of well-being. And we posted all of those on the wall, and people could sign things that they thought they'd like to be a part of too. Some activity or topic that they found useful for their own development and their own well-being. And when lists had several people on them, that became a covenant group. That was years ago that we began this process, and uh, I don't know to date, but up until recently, of all the churches in the district, we had maintained the most consistently successful covenant groups of any Unitarian Universalist church in the district. We still have a number of them, but a number have uh, fallen away over time, and it's time to come up with some new ideas, I think. But in these covenant groups, people got together. They decided how often they wanted to meet, but it would be at least once a month where they wanted to meet, how long the meetings would last, and what they were going to do when they were there. Then they made a covenant with each other to that agreement and also a covenant back to the church for some service they would provide for the church. Usually it was something that uh, went along with whatever their covenant group was. Like if it was... The hiking group, they might work on the grounds at the church. If it was the Eastern Religions group, they might um, provide a worship service. Just things like that. Um, And it doesn't have to be in line with the covenant group, and it doesn't have to be anything huge. But that way, the people in the group connect with each other, and they have, and they have a better line to let us know if people end up in hospitals or if they have something to celebrate, if there's a loss in their family. We find out faster. But in order for systems like that to work, people have to be engaged. People have to be committed to the smaller groups. 
As I mentioned earlier, next week is a chili cook-off and a covenant group fair. I'm thinking we can all enjoy some part of that. <laughs> Whatever you find, give it a little bit of thought this week and, and think about what you might like to do with other people that would really feed your spirit. And you can make the suggestion. You don't have to sign your name to it. And then we can go a little bit farther. Dad, come it. <laughs> this heartbeat is irregular. Somebody needs to put a... Um, uh, then we can put some energy into seeing if if other people would be interested in that and maybe making that group just because you were you suggested it. The difference between a commitment and a casual involvement or connection for convenience is this. It's where in your life and the organization of your life that subject falls. A commitment is something around which you organize your life. It's not what gets the leftovers after you do your life. Uh, Kind of an extreme example is family and acquaintances. Or career and going to the theater. I'd like you to give a little thought to where your spiritual life falls in that continuum of commitment to casual involvement. And also where, as hopefully a part of that spiritual life, this church falls. We're in the middle of our congregational pledge campaign. And if you find that All Souls is a necessary part of your well-being, then you need to think about it as a commitment and not as a convenience. Casual involvements and connections of convenience are fine for acquaintances who don't truly understand the role that the creatively maladjusted must serve in this world. But not for those who profess to share the shouldering of the call to be creative. Ralph Waldo Emerson said, everything in creation has its appointed painter or poet and remains in bondage like the princess in a fairy tale till its appropriate liberator comes to set it free. Can we be liberators? Linus Pauling said, the best way to have a good idea is to have a lot of ideas. Uh, 
So let us come to know ourselves more fully as artists and liberators. Find ways to make things fresh in your life to prevent the numbing blindness that comes from habitual thought and habitual behavior. Find ways to make things fresh so that we're not robbed of the world of nuance. If you haven't already, make a commitment to your creativity. If your talent is writing, write. Carve out some time for your creativity before you fill up the rest of your day. If you don't think that you have a specific gift, an artistic area that you identify with, then just practice being creative. Each day, do something in a different way than you ordinarily do it. At least one thing. You might go to bed at a new time or take a new route to work or school. Eat something that you would never have dreamed of trying. <laughs> if you're feeling more adventurous, strike up a conversation with somebody that you have before considered to be particularly difficult. And treat that person in a completely new way. The key is not to think about how to change or what to change, but just to change. Footnote, not so that it messes somebody else up. What we see every day becomes ordinary to us. People, sights, sounds, smells seem to disappear from our awareness as we get accustomed to them and lose their distinctiveness. Make a point to notice something that you see every day, every time you use it. You might start with water. Note every time that water is in your life and all the varieties of ways that it, it, it's there. They're just techniques. But the more you engage your creativity, the more creative you become. And the more creative each of us is, the more creative this community will be. The more creative this community is, the more engaged we will be in the community around us Covenant groups can grow and help us get to know each other better, and then we can work together better as an organic system. Creativity, community, covenant groups, and commitment. I think that's a pretty good formula for the, this group of spiritual seekers and creatively maladjusted. Hopefully, our creativity will spread into our spiritual lives. And we'll begin to see layers of ourselves and everything else. New depths, new life. 
for ourselves and the world.